Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel, Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. We see that Samson left doors open for the enemy. And the enemy came through the same doors multiple times. This woman weakness. There were, there were women provided, someone over here, the first Philistine girl, the harlot over here, then Delilah. And Satan said, wow, this is what I can use to take you out. The enemies of Samson said, this is what we will use to destroy you, this weakness. And if you're here and you're saying, man, I, I've been walking with the Lord this long, but I got this same weakness. God is able. He is able to deliver completely. We've all had an experience at one time or another of eating something that tastes so bad, we immediately spit it out. There are certain tastes that we dislike so much, it doesn't matter the circumstance, it's not going to be consumed. Today, Pastor Bill wants you to know that being lukewarm is the taste that Jesus hates the most. You need to decide for yourself what kind of person you really want to be in life. If you let culture take control, you'll never experience the greatest things that come from living for Jesus. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of Judges, chapter 16, as he continues his message, Samson and Delilah. Some of these star, you know, NFL and NBA players, you know, they, they have people that love their success. They have people that hate them. They have people that, that want their demise. And some of these guys that have vices, drugs, they've been put in situations where people are there with cameras and this guy's got a bite. He's going to smoke this when he gets in that room. He's going to snort this if he gets in that area. And we're going to video it and we're going to send it and we're going to ruin his life because we hate him. We really hate him. He thinks we're, we're, we're partying with him. If they get us on camera, it means nothing because we're nobody, but we'll get him on camera. And you look at these guys and think, man, with all the success and everything that they have, why would they put themselves in that situation? Because there's a vice in their life where they needed to get a victory, but they don't have a victory and they left a door open and Satan took them. He used, he used it to destroy them, to expose them, to hurt them. And so as believers, we want to we want to shut every door on the enemy. Amen. Amen. Leave nothing for him to work with in our life so that we can be fully fully avail ourselves to the Lord and what he wants to do with us. And so um, he tells her all his heart this time and she knows it. She could, this time she heard him and she said, nah, now I know. I, can, I, I saw the broken, I saw that I broke this man down and I saw that he told me everything. I know I got the whole truth this time. And it says in verse 18, and when Delilah saw that he had told her his, all his heart, she sent and called for the lords of the Philistines saying, come up once more. Why once more? Because she knew this, this time we got him. Just come back one more time, guys. I know the first time, the second time, the third time he took, you know, we got our heads bumped, but come back one more time. This time I know we got him. Come back one more time for he has told me all his heart. So the lords of the Philistines came up to her and they brought the money in their hand. And remember, she was in this for the money, right? Samson had an issue with lust. Delilah didn't care nothing about this man, Samson. She was loving money and she was getting ready to get a load of it out of, you know, for, for turning him over. And so she, these guys show up, they got the money in hand and verse 19, I want you to listen to this. It sounds so bad. It said, she lulled him to sleep on her knees and called for a man and had him shave this off the seven locks of his head. So he had that, that long hair from birth with was probably seven big, fat, naughty dreadlocks. And she had somebody come shave off all seven locks of his head. And look what it says. Then she began to torment him and his strength left him. She lulled him to sleep on her lap 
had somebody come shave his head, and it says she began to torment him. And I was looking up that word thinking, you know, what does that mean? What does she do to him? It shows that there was, there was a hatred, like she didn't care about him. This man was in love with someone that was like, I don't care about you. I'm on the Philistine team. I'm just here to take advantage of you. And it, 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 to me, it would seem like enough to just have his hair shaved and call the guys again. But she tormented him. She, it was intentional. She did things to him. And she began to torment him after she shaved off his head. And it says his strength left him. And again, this is to me a sad thing. He doesn't know that his strength left him yet. But in this moment right here, his strength, his strength was, where, where does Samson's strength come from? Spirit of the Lord. So when it says his strength left him, who left him? The Spirit left him. I told you guys before that the Old Testament relationship to the Holy Spirit was different than the New Testament. The Holy Spirit would come upon you, empower you to serve, but he could also be taken away. And that's why David prayed in the Psalms, Lord, take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Well, Samson had had the Holy Spirit, and every time the Philistine would come, the Holy Spirit would come upon him. He would jump up and, and whoop him up. But this time, as he lays there in her lap with his head shaved, it says that the, the Lord left him. The Lord left him. He's unaware of it. He doesn't know it yet. And he's going to find out at a very inopportune time that the Lord had left him. I was reading that just thinking, what is that? What would that be like for us? Because we know that the Bible says the Lord will never leave us nor forsake us. But I do believe that we can live in such rebellion that God says, you know what? I'm here, but I'm stepping back and I'm going to let you reap. I'm going to let you go through it. I'm going to let life happen to you. The Bible says the way of the transgressor is hard. Transgressor is someone that willfully stepping over the line and disobeying God. God said that the way of the transgressor is hard. That's going to be a hard life. Someone that knows what they're supposed to do, but they continually step over the line, disobey God. God says, you're going to have a hard life. It's going to be difficult for you. It's going to be difficult when it shouldn't be difficult because you're transgressing the word of God and you know better. And so he doesn't know that his strength left him, but it left him. Verse 20. And she said, and she said, the Philistines are upon you, Samson. So he awoke from his sleep and said, I will go out as before at other times and shake myself free. But he did not know that the Lord had departed from him. And uh, in all my Bibles, I'll put a sad face right there. Did not know that the Lord said, nah, I'm not, I'm not helping. I'm gone. You, you're going to take, you're going to, you're going to experience life without me right now, Samson. Now it seems bad, but it's going to end good. Um, Cause this is going to bring Samson to a place where he's really broken maybe for the first time in his life that he has his own brokenness before the Lord. He's going to have his own encounter with the living God. He's going to cry out to God. Like we haven't heard him cry out to God. We've only heard, we heard this man pray one time. I'm thirsty. Give me something I want. That's the only prayer. And 20 years of being a judge, one prayer, I'm going to something to drink. I'm going to die. That's it. That says it. I'm, he's not concerned. He hasn't been concerned, but he's going to get concerned about what God cares about. And so, he didn't know that the Lord had departed from him. Verse 21. Then the Philistines took him and they put out his eyes and they brought him down to Gaza. They bound him with bronze fetters and he became a grinder in the prison. I want you to write three things down in your notes on verse 21. Sin will bind you. Sin will grind you. They put out his eyes. They bound him with bronze fetters 
and they made him grind at the mill. This man of God, this man who God was using to deliver the Israel from the Philistines, he ended up in a position where he was just, you know, you're basically walking around a, a mill with millstone grinding out. That was it. That's all he was going to do all day. Just walk around and sin. Sin will bind you. Sin will grind you. And this is what sin does in his life. Now he's blinded. They gouge out his eyes. He's never going to see out of his, his eyes are gone. And I don't want to make light of that. That's a big deal. They didn't poke him in the eye. They gouged them out. They mean, they went in and took them out. You blind for life now. You'll never see again. Deal with that, Samson. Then they bound him. So now you can't get free. Bronze fetters. You don't have the Holy Spirit not coming upon you. Your, your, your strength is gone. So now you're, you're our slave. And they tie him to this mill. And you just walk around this thing and grind. Millstone all day. That's all you do. Your life is nothing. And remember when they first said to Delilah, want to get him. They didn't want to kill him. They wanted to make fun of him. They wanted to, this is, this is, we, this guy put in so much work against us. We want to, when we have parties, they're going to call Samson out just to, just to show this is, look what our God, Dagon, they're going to try to say did. Look, we, we took Samson down and they'll bring him out for sport, for their entertainment, to make mockery of him. And so look at verse 22. It says, however, the hair of his head began to grow again after it had been shaven. And I wrote down in my notes right there, grace. Um, now again, the hair wasn't the secret of the strength or anything like that, but it just says the hair began to grow back. And I believe that in this moment right here, we're going to see Samson pray. Let me, let, me, let me read his prayer, and then I'll, I'll share my thoughts on this. It says in verse 23, Now the lords of the Philistines gathered together to offer a great sacrifice to Dagon, their God, and to rejoice and they said, our God has delivered into our hands Samson, our enemy. And when the people saw him, they praised their God, for they said, our God has delivered into our hands our enemy, the destroyer of our land, and the one who multiplied our dead. I want you to think, how did it feel to Samson to be bound up and hearing the enemies praise their God for, for, for getting him? He knows the true and living God. And he's in a position where because of what he has done, the enemies are praising their God that don't even exist. What a defeat. And remember when David fell and he was told that, you know, what, you've given the enemies of God cause to blaspheme you, you, because of what you did. The enemies of God, they can speak up because of what you did. It's so important that those of us that represent the Lord, that we carry that with. It matters. It matters how you live. It matters how you behave. It matters how you present yourself to the world in front of your kids. It matters. It's a big deal. You don't need to be a minister or a pastor or have a position in church. You represent God. You carry his name. People know that you're a Christian and you want to carry that a certain kind of way because here in Samson's life, we see it in David's life and you see it in, in believers everywhere. You see it in non-believers. What's the biggest thing that non-believers say? Why don't you go to church? It's the Christians that they know. It's the believers that they do know that they're looking at their lives and saying, that's why I don't go, because I know her and I know him. And they go every week, two times a week, three times a week. And they live like this. I live in a building with them and they go to church all the time. But their life is just like this. Be careful, man. It matters. It's, it matters. It matters. It matters to God. And you need to you need to wear that. You need to carry that. It needs to be. It's not a burden, but it's a responsibility. I represent God on my block. I'm a Christian on my block. That matters. That impacts what I will and won't do. That impacts the things that I will go and say and the things that I won't go say. The, the way I'm going to approach people or deal with difficult things when they come up. I represent God first. I don't represent me first. I don't represent my, my happiness first. 
I told you guys we lived in our old house um, in Downey, and my neighbor would, they would have parties. <laughs> it was always Saturday night when I was trying to get a good sleep for Sunday morning. And it, it got, there was one night where literally me and Mika's window is here, our bedroom. This is my bed. This is Mika's side of bed. This is my side of bed. Here's a window right here between my house and neighbor. There are people throwing up on the floor in front of my window. I'm, I'm in my bed, and I'm here. <laughs> I'm looking out, and I'm like, that's enough, man. You, that's enough that just music was so loud, it spilled up. Now you're throwing up in my bushes by my window, and I got to hear it. And again, I, I got up so many times and went to the door, and I'm, I'm going to go tell them. And the Lord was like, mm, no, no, they don't know me. You know what I mean? You got nothing to say to them but the gospel. I'm like, but I want to sleep. Now, I remember one time they woke up the kids, and I'm like, that's it. Now you woke up my kids. Now, it's not about me now, it's about my kids. And I'm going to go in there and let them know they've been waking up my kids in the middle of the night. And God was like, no, no. I got out the door that time, but I didn't get to say nothing. The Lord was like, you ain't got nothing to say. You got nothing to say. You represent me. It's, I don't care. God don't care about, and I think he don't care about my sleep, but I don't get to represent that primarily. I just want to encourage us that we do a better job of representing the Lord to the, everybody that's looking. Your kids are looking. Your neighbors are looking. Your family members are looking. Whoever knows you close, they're looking. Be, be a better witness, all of us. Let's watch how we represent the Lord, the people that are watching. Because, because of what Samson did, the enemies of God are over there cheering, yay, Dagon! And they believe that he really did something. And so, verse 25, so it happened when their hearts were merry, that means they were drunk, that they said, call for Samson that he may perform for us. So they called Samson from the prison and he performed for them and they stationed him between the pillars. When it says he performed, they brought him out to make a mockery of him. They would bring him out when they had their drunken parties. Everybody got drunk and they're like, hey, bring out Samson, man. Ah, you know, they just want to make fun of him. They bring him out for sport to, 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 to mock him, to make fun of what he was. And it says in verse 25, then Samson said to the lad who held him by the hand. I want you to see how pitiful it is. This, this, this man that was whooping them. He's, he's led out by a lad. I mean, he's a little boy, young boy, led him out because he was blind. So he had to be led where he was going to go. And he said to the lad that held him by the hand, let me feel the pillars which support the temple so I can lean on them. And now the temple was full of men and women, all the lords of the Philistines, all five of the Philistines that paid Delilah, they're there. All the lords of the Philistines were there. About 3000 men and women were on the roof watching while Samson performed. Verse 28, then Samson called to the Lord saying, oh, Lord God. And this is the second recorded prayer of Samson is all we have. Oh, Lord God, he said, remember me, I pray. Strengthen me, I pray. Just this once, oh God, that I may with one blow take vengeance on the Philistines from my two eyes. And I just want to point out that his, what he calls the Lord, so, oh, Lord God. He's never cried out. There's never been a prayer. There's never been a brokenness. There's never been in Samson a sense that I need God. He thought he had it himself. But right here, Samson says, God, I need God. Oh, Lord God, would you do something for me? And it's going to take his own life. But he says, God, would you let me take vengeance on the enemies? I know that my job was supposed to take these people out and I've fallen short of that. But would you give me one more chance? Would you give me this last chance to take vengeance on my enemies, your enemies? Remember this. The, the Philistines were not just Samson's. They were God's enemies. They were only Samson's enemies because he was representing the Israelites. They were God's enemies. And he said, let me take vengeance on your enemies, Lord. Let me do this one time. And I believe that when we're broken, 
um, that God cares. God says a broken and a contrite heart I will not despise. And I would just encourage anybody here that maybe is in a position or a place where you feel hopeless. I'm sure the day before this, Sam's in prison. His eyes are gouged out. He's got chains on him. He's in the prison of the Philistines. And I'm sure they treat him poorly. I'm sure that he was in there feeling all kind of hopeless and broken. And, and maybe he was just reminiscing over what he did with his life and how he blew it and, and where it was. But look what God does. They bring him out to mock him. Their intentions are to make fun of him. But he says, you know what? I'm, I know that my God is gracious and merciful. I just want one more chance, one more, one more opportunity to get it right. And I know people that have messed up so bad, so consistently, just blown it, blown it, blown it, blown it, blown it. You have to know this about God, that, that when people cry out in sincerity and say, God, I, I want another chance, that he's that kind of God. He's that kind of God that he's, he's merciful, he's forgiving, he's rich in mercy, he's, he's long-suffering, he's patient. And so he's going to give Samson this opportunity that he wants. And maybe some people here, maybe you, need a, maybe you feel like, I need another chance. God, I've blown it. In some area of my life or some area of my walk with you, I need another chance. I want to do over. I want to I want give me another chance to honor you in my life. I believe if you pray that in sincerity, that God will do that. I believe if you want that, if, if it's your sincere desire, God, I want a chance to honor you. I haven't done, I haven't been what I wanted to be. And I haven't honored you the way I want. I believe if you come in sincerity to him, that the blood of Christ is enough to cleanse you completely, and the Spirit of God is enough to empower you anew. And God is merciful and gracious enough. We learn about God every time we study scripture. When I read this story about Samson, I'm looking at a man that is messed up. And I'm going to watch God honor his request. And that gives, that, to me, that gives me hope for anybody else. And I know people that, man, they've messed up. But if they repent and they're sincere, I know God will hear them. I know God will give another opportunity because he's that kind of God. Amen? Amen? And so Samson prays his prayer. And he says, let me, let me have this one chance. Uh, to take vengeance on the enemies. And it says in verse 29, and Samson took hold of the two middle pillars which support the temple and he braced himself against them, one on his right and the other on his left. And Samson said, let me die with the Philistines. And he pushed with all his might and the temple fell on the Lord's and all the people who were in it. So the dead that he killed in his death were more than he killed in his life. And his brothers and all his father's household came and they took him and they brought him up and they buried him between Zorah and Eshtol in the, in the tomb of his father Manoah. He had judged Israel 20 years. And so as we come to the end of his life, this is how it ends for Samson. He's going to die, but in his death, right, he, gets to, he, he, he kills more Philistines in his death than the whole time he was alive. And this one blow, this one opportunity, all the lords of the Philistines, the people that paid Delilah to catch him up, you know, I hope Delilah was there, too, you know, just to fall down on the roof or whatever. But he got them all in, in his last blow. And so this is what we want to take from the life of Samson, which we've covered. One, we don't want to take for granted the work of the spirit because Samson seemed to have taken that for granted, that the spirit would just come upon him whenever it needed to. And boom, he would have victory. And it was just like it wasn't there was no consecration. He just took it for granted. Don't take God for granted. Appreciate God. Be thankful for who he is, but don't take God for granted. Number two, we see that Samson left doors open for the enemy. And the enemy came through the same doors multiple times. This woman weakness. And there were, there were women provided someone over here, the first Philistine girl, the harlot over here, then Delilah. 
And Satan said, wow, this is what I can use to take you out. The enemies of Samson said, this is what we will use to destroy you, this weakness. And if you're here and you're saying, man, I've been walking with the Lord this long, but I got this same weakness. God is able. He is able to deliver completely from whatever it is that, that, that hinders you, that encumbers. God is able to deliver completely. If you're not completely free, then you need to bring it up. You need to bring it to the Lord. You need to bring it and say, God, I need, I need help. I need help right here. And you need to pray and seek and press in until you get help in that thing. Be uncontent, be dissatisfied, be uncomfortable, be unwilling to continue to be losing and be defeated in the same area when you know that God can free you and will. Don't be okay with just going on and say, well, you know, I just got this one thing, you know, I mean, I just, I'm working on my own in private. You've been doing that. And it's not working. You bring it to the Lord. Bring it to the Lord. Bring it in prayer. Get some accountability. Open up your life to people that love God and love you, but get, get help. Get victory. Get, get, be here next year at the same time saying, man, look at what the Lord has done as I've yielded in this area of my life. But get a victory. Satan left that door open and it took him out. I'm sorry. Samson left a door open that eventually brought him to ruin. Uh, ruined what God would have done through his life. And so we don't want to leave doors open to the enemy. Uh, next, we talked about all the things that sin done. Sin makes you stupid. Sin blinds you. Eventually it will bind you up. You'll be bound because of sin. And, and like Samson, just grinding. Just life wasting away because of his propensity to sin in a particular area. His potential wasted because of sin. Don't let your potential be wasted because of sin. And lastly, um, as his hair began to grow again, again, it just speaks to me of the grace of God. God giving him another chance. He didn't deserve it. You don't deserve it. I don't deserve it. But God is gracious, giving people what they don't deserve. And God gave him another chance to get it right. And maybe for some of you tonight, you need to take advantage of another opportunity to get it right. And just bring to God whatever is not right. Bring to God whatever needs to be surrendered that you can be all that he wants you to be. Be glad that God is gracious. Be glad that we learned tonight that somebody that messed up really bad, God, God's willing to give another chance. And I'm glad to be able to preach that. I'm glad to be able to say to anybody who would come that God doesn't turn broken people away. God loves, when we're broken, God's like, now we can get to work. I'll, I'll build you back up from broken. Now we can, we'll start from broken. And if there's brokenness in your heart, bring that to the Lord tonight. Let him, let him mend you and build you up from that place into what he wants you to be. Amen. And uh, lastly, um, and I know we've looked at it before, but as you get to Hebrews 11.32, you can just write it down. Hebrews 11.32, it says, and this is the, the, that hall of faith. God has laid out this list of all these amazing men and women of God who, who did great things by faith. And it says, and what more shall I say for time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, and Samson, and Jephthah, David, and Samuel, the prophets. And I want you to listen, look at the list of names. Samson gets put with David, Samuel, Be uh, Gideon, Barak, Jephthah. Samson's right in there. And I look at his life. What does Samson do by faith? I wonder if the thing that he gets credit for doing by faith was that last thing he did. God, let me die with them. And the Lord did it. Crying out to the Lord. I just love this. In the New Testament, when God speaks on the people of the old, we just read the whole life of Samson and we just saw a whole bunch of mistakes. But when you see the New Testament speak on him or commentate on the Old Testament, the sins are not there, only the positives. And something that you and me can be glad about is that all of our errors and all of our mistakes, because of the cross of Jesus Christ and because of the blood of Christ, one day when all this thing is over, when we stand before God, all that mess won't be there. 
because God has separated your sin as far as the east is from the west. And so for the believer, it's a very encouraging thing that that though flawed, though broken, one day when I stand but before the Lord, God's like, I washed it away. I don't hold it against you. And um, I have nothing else. I, I hope that that I hope that that frees you up just to love Jesus with all your heart. Look at what he's done for us. Amen. You've been listening to Pastor Bill Buffington on a transforming word as he teaches through the book of Judges. This was an interesting season for the people of Israel, being led by various judges as they delivered the people from a variety of enemies. You see, real faith lived out through these judges. There was much war and opposition going on, but God was faithful in delivering his people. Do you notice God's deliverance in your everyday life? He's aware of all that's going on, and He cares about bringing you out of those times of oppression. There's much more to learn from the book of Judges, and we hope you come back to hear what God speaks to you personally. If you missed any messages from this series, we encourage you to visit calvaryinglewood.org to hear more in Judges. There's also a free mobile app where you can access all of our messages too. Just go to calvaryinglewood.org. While you're there, you'll notice links to Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube. Feel free to explore our website and find other valuable information. We offer a daily Bible reading plan that you can look into as well. Once again, that's calvaryinglewood.org. If you have any other questions, Go ahead and call us at 310-245-4811. That number again is 310-245-4811. Well, that's about all we have for today. We're so glad you took the time to listen to Pastor Bill today in the book of Judges. We'll catch you again as we look into a transforming word. Transforming Word.